It's a beautiful day on Auburn Ave in Atlanta. Auburn Ave used to be what Fortune magazine called in 1957, the richest Negro street in the world. And today, the vast majority of those businesses are gone. But what does stand is a new business paying homage in a way to that old legacy. My name is Baudelaire, and today on Atlas Obscura, I'm taking y'all to what some have called an interactive art museum of black thought for Keeps Bookstore. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. I am a lover of books. All kinds of books. But specifically, I love a good book by some of the greatest minds in black history. Folks like Maya Angelou, Franz Fanon, Emilcar Cabral, and Zora Neale Hurston. Now, I've been living in Atlanta for about nine months. And recently, a cousin of mine, knowing my interests, suggested I check out this bookstore downtown called For Keeps. I tell folks every day, this is not Barnes & Noble. So don't come in expecting Barnes & Noble vibes. This is Rosa Duffy, the shop owner and a book lover like me. I knew that, like, across the board, it didn't matter kind of what your interest was. You could be, you know, a doctor, you could be into music, you could be a podcaster, you could be, you know, a fashion designer, you could be whatever, and you're going to find something to, you know, trigger your inspiration in this space. Rose is right. This place has everything. James Baldwin, Richard Wright, Angela Davis, Toni Morrison, Walter Rodney, and others. And even better than that, it has original copies of some of the works by these icons. And it's all because of Rosa, who, as I found out, has her own dope origin story. Yeah, I was born about, you know, less than a mile from where the store is now, which is funny. Uh, my parents still attend church service. Um, literally, you can see it from the front of the store. The store is on the historic Auburn Avenue, a street that used to have tons of black businesses, from entertainment venues to insurance companies and banks all during the early to mid-20th century. Today, there's still some things to see on Auburn Avenue, like the Ebenezer Baptist Church. That's where Martin Luther King Jr. and his father were once pastors. There's also Martin's childhood home and an African history museum called the Apex Museum. But aside from those places, 
the street now has some of the large chain restaurants you can expect from a newly gentrified neighborhood. Rosa told me that being part of the spaces on Auburn Ave, maintaining that black historical connection, is an honor. If you're from Atlanta and you're black, um, you know all about Auburn Avenue. Mm. I mean, that's what I've realized since, since um, opening the stores. It's just kind of like an inherent part of our Atlanta history and the things that we're taught very young. But Rosa didn't always see her future playing out in her hometown or even as a bookstore owner. In 2009, after she graduated from high school, she moved to New York for college with dreams of making it as a designer in the fashion industry. When I got to school and when I was having um, kind of trouble as far as, you know, New York troubles, how that goes, but I went to Riverside Park and I brought a good woman by Lucille Clifton and I read the whole thing. It's just a poetry book, not just a poetry book because I'm a poetry girl, but this poetry book changed, yeah. changed my whole, that shifted something. And I think, you know, whatever your favorite book is, it's such a personal yeah, it's experience. Like, it's like yeah. part of your DNA at a certain yeah, point. It, it really, really is. Rosa found her piece in the NYC madness in bookstores. Places like Mercer Books by Washington Square Park or Strand Bookstore by Union Square. Places not dedicated to Black revolutionary literature, but if you look through those used bins long enough, you just might find something. Rosa was in New York trying to make it in the fashion industry. But as her used book collection grew, it was like an old passion was trying to resurface. She just kept on buying used books. I was so focused on, I really thought that fashion was going to kind of be my thing. Mm. My, my family and I always were surrounded by books, so it was almost like that thing that's entirely in your face that you don't recognize the value of it until you're away from it. Yeah. But her fashion dreams didn't work out. After she graduated, she just never found that job of her dreams. With her lease coming to an end in 2016, she decided she'd move back to Atlanta for a little while. She'd clear her head and maybe go back to New York soon after. So at this point, you have your own collection, though. Uh, so I, oh yeah, so I had been collecting from all of those bookstores for okay. a long time. Like yeah. if you ask my friends that were around mm. during kind of that era, mm. this makes so much sense <laughs> to them. <laughs> like the first thing they say is like, yeah, well, duh. Yeah. So I was collecting that entire time. Mm. And all this stuff just like under your bed or something? Like yeah. No, literally I would, I would be sleeping with books because you know the spaces you know how big the apartments are in new york there were books in my bed wow. all the time but they were yeah. stacked on the floor they were you know i didn't have these like there wasn't space for bookshelves but when rosa got back to atlanta she decided to reimagine her future i wanted to have a bookstore because that's the, those were the places that i found solace when i was in New York and I felt like I could kind of breathe for a second when I was in those spaces yeah. and I liked the relationships that I developed with the booksellers and the people yeah. that were there and I just um, the only kind of part about the bookstores in New York were you know the the inventory was lacking a lot of black material and you know when you <laughs> when you have a small used bookstore and mm. and the bookseller or the book buyer is a staff of white people you know they're looking at what they're going to have a lot of jack Kerouac, yeah, yes, john steinbeck exactly. you know you're going to have the change the, the white yes, no, there's just the white classics exactly <laughs> which rosa decided she would open up a store with the black classics 
but not entirely dedicated to the stuff she loved. She wanted everyone interested in black history, philosophy, poetry, and even throwback magazines to find something they can attach themselves to at For Keeps. So I wanted to create um, a space where I was kind of putting all of our work in one place and, mm -hmm. and not really specifying what type of work it was. It was just whatever our mm -hmm. work is. I wasn't trying to define what like liberation looks like to somebody and you mm -hmm. can only read this or you can only read that. So she got word of an open space on Auburn Ave and jumped at the opportunity. The store was designed by Rosa and has a very retro vibe. It's not so big. You could probably fit about 10 for keepses in your average Barnes & Noble. There's a poster of the Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court decision and art pieces by local artists on the wall. There's only one rug in the middle of the store covering the cement floor. There's dozens of books for sale sitting up against the brick wall on these small shelves. The books on the walls are older, and some are copies from original publishings as far back as the 40s. This fire next time, how old is this fire next time? I think that's a first edition. Let's check. Wow. 1963. Or 1962. Or 1962 originally, yeah. and then the copyright of this one is 1963, uh, so. This is an original? Yeah. Woo! And in the center of the store, there's a long table absolutely covered in books and magazines. Like, you can't actually see what color the table is because there's so much on it. Mm. The stuff on the table is stuff that I can't necessarily duplicate, right? Mm. So I'm trying to build a collection that everybody can have their hands on as opposed to one person getting their hands on it and then nobody ever seeing it again, right? Mm -hmm. So the longer they're on the table, the more people get to interact with it. If I can duplicate it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, how rare or whatever, I try to put it on the shelves so people have access to it, to mm -hmm. buy it. And you might catch Rose's old collection from her New York days on the table, but there's used books on all types of subjects. You got a brief history of ancient Egypt here. Yes. And uh, are these your annotations? They're not, but oh. that's my favorite part about it. Wait, what does it say? I'm like, are they my annotations? No. So a lot of my stuff comes with, you know, pre-annotated text. And I love intertextual conversation. I think that's a big part of yeah. it. But we also have these stickies. Sometimes with... you read a book with some <laughs> yes. annotations in already. It's great because sometimes like... The thing that, that they were confused about, you're like, yeah, that is kind of confusing. <laughs> or, you know, like, it's, it's great. Yeah, there's like it a conversation. Like, exactly. It's like a cosign. You, you feel like you're a little understood even more. What do you think? Because a lot of people get books now, like, if they, if they go to a brick and mortar, like, yeah. I'm talking about like across the country, if they, they go to like a, you know, like a Barnes and Noble, or people get their books on Amazon. Yes. Right? And what do you think is lost in the like not having, you know, not being able to come here or here and maybe even independent bookstores in yes. general, but like, yes. you know. Agreed. So I think the searching process, the digging process, I guess, is what like record folks call mm -hmm. it, but just the digging of it all. So I don't have mm -hmm. any specific genres. It's not blocked off by author. It's not... Um, alphabetized i know people think it's because i'm lazy but really it's because <laughs> they're like wait a minute but really it's because i enjoy the digging right like, yeah. i want people to be able to look through everything and not immediately go for 
the thing that they think they want and maybe they'll have to pass through a few other things that they find out that they like before yeah. they get to the thing that they've already decided that they like, right? Yeah. So um, I think with like Amazon or whatever bookseller you're using online, it's hard to go through that like process where you're where you're able to kind of scan through a bunch of other things to get mm. to what you want. For sure. So really it kind of limits your, um, limits your your ability to see everything and that's what i tell people when they're like wait so where's your poetry i'm like you're gonna have to find it rosa came into her own digging in used bookstores and now for keeps provides that feeling for its visitors plus it's full of the books and topics rosa was digging for so i've read that folks call this place an interactive museum of Interactive Museum of Black Thought. Ooh. I, yeah, an Interactive ooh. Museum of Black Thought. Okay. I certainly agree with that. I've never heard anybody call it that, but I'm assuming you read that somewhere. And a, that few, is, a few places, actually. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yes, I would. like I was saying before, not only is it the books, right, but mm. people come in and the books spark conversation, yeah. and people have these conversations that I think um, they're met with people maybe obviously there's a common thread we're all uh, oftentimes all black obviously mm -hmm. i get white customers i don't want them to feel entirely left out but they um are able to kind of express their differences it's not like this monolith of mm -hmm. thought and idea that they feel like they have to share so you can have these and i wouldn't even consider them disagreements but these discussions mm -hmm. and this discourse um, around the books or, you know, specifically about a certain book or specifically about a certain uh, topic mm -hmm. that I don't know, like I said before, that folks feel as free having outside of this space. So mm -hmm. I do feel like there is this experience yeah. that you have along with just the material. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, because For Keeps isn't just a bookstore. It's a reading room, meaning Folks can just walk in and stay for as long as they'd like reading a book on the table or one of the books from the shelves. In fact, Rosa encourages it because it brings more folks in to engage with these works and spend time on a historic Black street. And given that history and the extensive amount of Black works Rosa keeps in stock, sometimes the works are a little more familiar to the customers than Rosa could have thought. Being able to put the books in, in hands of folks that really get something from it mm. is has been very fulfilling mm. um you know people will walk in and open something and say that's my grandfather like mm. that's happened more than once which right. is crazy that's dope. so yeah. they're like i've never seen anything written about him before and mm. you know it gives people this kind of reassurance that i feel it's a, there's a very and not to sound too corny but there's a very spiritual nature about mm. the space that i think people get drawn to the things that they need mm. and watching that happen is is really an experience that I almost like can't explain that yeah. I also wasn't necessarily anticipating. What is your favorite part of running for Keeps Books? That's a good question. Because as far as I will start with the fact that I still love collecting the work. Mm -hmm. So I love finding new stuff. I love finding stuff that I've already had that's not here anymore that I can mm -hmm. get again. The part 
of collecting and, you know, going down different rabbit holes and finding new writers, new artists, new illustrators, new poets that I've never heard of mm. are very exciting because I feel like everybody deserves their moment in the sun kind of situation. And to mm. be able to get them in here and the chance that another person will read them mm. is exciting for me. I love that. While we were wrapping up and I was heading out, I saw a copy of the biography of Richard Wright, my favorite author ever, on the wall. A copy from its original publishing back in 1968. And I just had to buy it. For all my fellow book lovers, if you find yourself in Atlanta, For Keeps is right on the corner of Auburn Ave and Piedmont, right by the Georgia State campus. And if you're lucky, you'll meet Rosa. I want to thank Rosa Duffy for joining me for today's episode. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And my name is Baudelaire. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.